Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning, good morning. What's going on, Luke Shane? Uh, all right, here we go. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning, everybody. Again, I'm uh, sorry. Sorry about that. I thought I had that set up. Uh, blessings to you and good morning. Hey, Shane, good morning to you as well. Yeah, man, it was a good weekend. Great weekend. Good weekend. Rube, what's going on, man? I'm going to connect with you later. Uh, Garnett in the virtual period, brother Garnett. Glad to have you back with us. Definitely glad to have you back, Lady Kellen. Good morning, Sister Portia. Good morning, Deacon Bellamy. Good morning. I miss somebody in that in that uh, in that feed. Uh, is on. Good morning, hey Sister Josh. Good morning to you, Doe Doe Hey, good morning, Deacon Doe. Miss Pam. Good morning. What's going on, Nikki Cole? And we had a good time last night. Uh, we had another soiree. It went very well, I think. Uh, we'll recap it. Hey, Terrell, what's going on, man? Uh, you, you missed a good night. Sorry about that. But, look, it's going to be a good day. I'm not sure what the night was like, but it's going to be a great day. Uh, Sister Lisa House, hey, good morning to you. Beautiful job with the decor. Everybody loved it. Appreciate that, Alicia. Uh, on call weekends. No, no calls on weekends. Hey, Ms. Belinda. Ms. Buzz, good morning. Uh, Sister Sarah, good morning. Hey, who's on conference call today? Good morning. Hello, Catherine. Good morning. Hello, Catherine Walker. Sister Walker, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Sister Burnett. Good morning to you. Hey, Jaden Knight. Good morning, Tracy. Hey, Sister Tracy. Good morning. Hey, Miss Ronnie. Uh, good morning to you. Listen, uh, for those of you who may be new to the scope, we are in a series. I think this is actually the third week. We are dealing with scars, right? Actually, surviving your scars. Hey, good morning to the foreman, Sister Brenda Deacon Jones. Good morning to you, uh, the Berries. Good morning, good morning as well. And and really and really the thesis of what we've kind of been sharing and uh, going over is this, this idea uh, that all of us have scars. Like there's something in life that has taken place that we carry with us. Uh, some wounds, some abrasion, uh, some heartbreak, some loss of loved one, loss of relationship. Somebody let us down on a journey. Good morning. Uh, good morning to uh, Periscope. I see you guys just came in. Minister Bazemore, uh, Aunt Val. And, and one of the challenges is trying to live forward without repeating your past, right, trying to go ahead without necessarily uh, carrying the emotions of, I mean, of course you want the lessons, but even with the lessons, what you don't want to do is repeat in activity or thought process what you've already experienced. And so we, we really believe that in order to survive scars, uh, one of the things you must know is that if you have survived and you have a scar, that is a sign of success. It's not just a sign you made it through. It's not just a sign uh, that uh, that you got lucky. If you have a scar, then you were successful because the alternative is that you would have been frozen in life. Your past would have prevented you from moving forward. And so, you know, as, as we kind of go through this series, we've talked about a number of different aspects, and this week's aspect talks about how to re-engage life, how to get back into circles, how to start communicating again. Uh, we're in John 20, and there's a passage of Scripture there where after Jesus has been crucified, he's come back with all power in his hands. He meets with Mary in the garden. Uh, and today we want to pick it up where after he comes back, uh, we want to look at how he actually starts talking to people again, how he reengages community. Because if we're not careful, you know, we, we'll 
survive the scar, but we'll still be so silent, we'll be hidden, we'll back up, we'll uh, be paused, uh, we will live life in the shadows and never fully regain our value, reaccept our worth, uh, reclaim our rightful places because we think the scar may be embarrassing, may be painful, uh, maybe something that uh, we don't want others to see has left us in a place where we should not or we are incapable of re, uh, of regaining what is our reward. Today, uh, today we want to talk about uh, this, this idea of how to get back. And uh, quickly, hold on, hold on for a minute. Let me uh, turn this on in a minute. There we go. Sorry about that. Uh, so, so quickly, uh, quickly today, I want, I want to kind of talk about what, what we say is time will tell, right? Time will tell. Matter of fact, uh, go ahead and type that in. I'm going to use a familiar script today. We'll probably use some others later. Uh, but Isaiah 40, verse 31 is a thing scripture. Isaiah 40, 31, and our subject is time will tell. Uh, somebody go ahead and type that up for me. I see Periscope's already on it. Uh, Facebook, I saw you guys sharing. Could you go ahead and uh, put that on? On the screen too. Time will tell. Isaiah forty thirty one. Famous scripture. You heard it before. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Run, not be weary. Walk and not faint. That's the scripture. Here's the concept. Jesus gets up on the grave, right after being scarred, bruised, battered, beat, whipped, crucified, spear inside. Uh, you know that's kind of what we talked about last week. Here. He comes back better than before the scars, right? Stronger, wiser. Those are things we talked about. Uh, with all power in his hand. But when he comes back as a winner, having survived, having overcome, no one recognizes him, right? Mary sees him in the garden, and she calls him a gardener. And then finally, at the end of this conversation, she realizes who he is. He walks the road to Emmaus, and these two men listen to him preach the whole Old Testament, even talking about himself and they don't recognize who he is. Finally, he meets with the disciple, uh, Thomas particularly, a week after resurrection, and Thomas still looking at him in the face, doesn't know who he is. Thomas says, look, I need to touch your hand and your side in order to believe it's you. That is remarkable that after having come back and somehow overcome what was a crisis in his life, people still don't recognize him. And you know what? That happens for us, too. It, it happens that, you know, after you have somehow survived the physical abuse, the domestic abuse, you survived the divorce, you're getting your mind and your heart back after you've lost a loved one, or maybe you've lost a job, financial low, and you're finally bouncing back, you think everyone will be proud of you. You think people will pat you on the back. You, you, you would expect people to openly welcome you now that you're on the other side of this storm, the other side of this trial, the other side of this substance abuse. You know, you have your chip now, and life should be better for you. You thought coming back was going to be, you know, this grand party, confetti in the air, music playing, and what you really received was more rejection more weight on the same wound. It creates another scar. Uh, you know, on top of surviving the last scar, now you've got this new scar because you're trying to figure out, now, now how do I get accepted? I wasn't accepted when I was being scarred, when I had the scar. Now I'm doing better, and people still don't get it. Come on, anybody ever felt that before? You, you, you've been in that place where you just wanted people to finally accept that while you weren't who you were, you know, who you are now, it's going to be better, and they don't get it. And you're frustrated, you're angry with people, you're mad with family, you're confused because you thought that this had to be 
you know, the formula for a better future. You just knew that if you could dress up and look better, get a job, you know, walk without the alcohol on your breath, you know, start talking to family again after the love on the fast, you knew that this was going to create for you some promising path to better, and it didn't. Let me help you. Give it some time. Don't give up yet. Don't throw in the towel. Get, give it some time. Give people time. They have to now wrap their mind around the new you. They have to accept uh, that while you aren't what you used to be, that who you are really is an honest person, who you are is a loving person. You know, you, you've lost some weight now. You have changed who you with. You know, the divorce was as hard on them as it was on you. And seeing you with new people takes some adjustment. Uh, you know, now that your kids are back at home is a little different than what it was before. It takes time. It takes time for you. Uh, don't rush into trying to re re um a regain or reacclimate. Don't be too quick or fast to get back into the hustle and bustle of life. Give yourself some time. And what Isaiah does for us is Isaiah helps us understand why time is important. Isaiah says those who wait, particularly on the Lord, right? Because in this waiting, you know, you're giving them some time, the Marys and the two men to go to Mayas, Thomas, you're giving them some time to understand you, but you're also giving yourself some time for God to help you understand the new you. And Isaiah says, they that wait on the Lord shall, here it is, renew your strength, right? You're, you're getting it back. You're getting you back. You're getting your self-esteem back. You're getting your value back. Uh, you, you're getting your rightful place back. You're getting adjusted to your job. You're getting adjusted to being at home without all of those people. You're getting adjusted to taking care of yourself again. You're getting adjusted to talking to real people again and not just having baby talk because you were used to only talking to children and kids, and now they're going out of the house. You're an empty nester. You've got to have adult conversation. You have to give yourself some time. And in time process, in the waiting process, in the process of patience, of course, you know, all the typical things, you're getting stronger, you're growing, you're being developed. But this is a time where God does his best work. Let God do some things for you you cannot do during this time. Here's the backdrop for Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up on wings like eagles. You know, one of the practices of the eagle is after the eagle who soars and flies so much further and stronger than most animals, particularly most birds, is that it starts to get heavy. You know, all of the debris, all of the muck, all of, uh, you, you know, the rain and the light environment, it causes their feathers to get heavy. So what an eagle will do is an eagle will fly as high as it can, and then after flying as high as it can, it will then descend at high speeds. But during the descension, the feathers of this eagle will start to shed and fly off. So much so that when it hits the ground, it has far less feathers than it did when it was able to fly. So that what happens is because it is literally featherless, because it does not have what it uses or what it needs to fly, the eagle has to now stay grounded and wait. It cannot produce for itself its own feathers. It cannot strap on leaves so that it can try to regain its flight. Uh, it cannot go and buy anything to help it begin to soar again. After the dissension, fast dissension, the eagle literally has to wait for natural processes prepared by God to help its feathers grow again. Once the feathers have begun to grow again, then it starts to fly. But here's the key. While it's not flying, it can only use its feet. 
it runs, and it walks. Here again, Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Here it is. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, walk, and they shall not faint. Have you ever wondered why he tried to say waiting was like eagles, but then he talked about running and walking? Because there's a moment in the life of the eagle when it's being restored, when it's being renewed, that even the eagle who used to have strong wings and strong feathers has to learn how to walk, run before it soars. And today I want to encourage you that while you're trying to get through this survival of the scars, while you're trying to live forward, while you're trying to get to your next level, do your next thing, you must understand that there are some things that only time will tell. And I believe you have the patience. I believe you have the wherewithal to hang in there until you see God take you to the next level, until you see God bring those around you to a place where they can now accept you. Look, I want you to be with us tomorrow because we're going to continue this Scar Survivor. And particularly this week, we're really dealing with and talking about how to re-engage community after you survive your scar. Father, I thank you. I thank you for giving us time. I thank you for being patient with us. I thank you for being slow to anger. And I thank you most of all, God, for doing for us what others cannot do in the waiting process. God, we, Father, we thank you so much for helping us survive our scars, for helping us get through. And now our prayer is that as we start uh, to come back to, get back to, reemerge into this world, to family, to justice, and to community, that, God, we will indeed be accepted again by those around us, not because of who we are, but because of what you've done. We thank you in advance for what is coming in our future because of this moment that we've been able to wait. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, you guys have uh, have a great day. Uh, and make, and make-